This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. Two of the stars and mainstays of the show are Liz Peake, Fox News contributor, syndicated columnist, and Steve Moore, FreedomWorks, and the Committee to Unleash Prosperity. His latest book is Govzilla. Kids, welcome back. I want to talk about my hero, Elon Musk. Okay. This is a wonderful story. So Elon Musk correctly predicted. This is so wonderful. So Musk comes out in favor of free speech. That's the Twitter purchase, but free speech in general. So that's one sin in the left-wing woke world. Then he comes out and says, you know, the Democrats used to be kind uh, but now they're mean, and I'm going to vote Republican. All right, that so so he's for free speech, and he's voting Republican. And sure enough, within days, we get this uh, sexual harassment lawsuit. I guess. I mean, this is just right out of the left wing playbook. It's so reminiscent of Trump. I don't know if you remember all these people that Trump was harassing on airplanes, and turns out the main one didn't sit next to him. The, couldn't have gone over the console. She was, and I think she wasn't even in the goddamn plane. But so here's Elon. Uh, we'll get you to talk. The attacks against me should be viewed through a political lens. This is their standard despicable playbook. But nothing will deter me from fighting for a good future and your right to free speech. Then he says, uh, yesterday they began. They began brewing attacks of all kinds as soon as the Twitter acquisition was announced. In my 30-year career, including the entire Me Too era, there's nothing to report. But as soon as I say I intend to restore free speech to Twitter and vote Republican, suddenly there is. That kind of uh, encapsulates it. Liz Peake, I will go to you first. This is the old Democratic playbook, right? Hillary Clinton's back again. Elon's going to be a free speech Republican, right? It doesn't get any worse than that. Yeah, well, I, I mean, honestly, I think we've all witnessed just an incredible character assassination of Elon Musk since he did offer to buy Twitter uh, and more dangerously came out and said he was doing it to provide the country with an open forum. How terrifying is that to Democrats who have thrived on misinformation and just outright lies about everything? I mean, it is astonishing to me that so few of uh, that the major uh, calumnies that have really driven that party have really kind of come on to be history now. People just accept that Trump uh, was elected by Russia, and they accept all kinds of things that are just complete fabrications. So Elon Musk really has an important role to play here, and I'm, I, I'm anxious that this deal not fall through. Uh, it could for a whole host of reasons not I mean, not including the fact that the market is collapsing and, and the $50 price now seems pretty generous. Uh, but, of course, they're going to go after him on ha- sexual harassment. They did it to Kavanaugh. They did it to uh, every Republican trying to run for office, and they'll do it to Elon Musk. Thankfully, thankfully he's a pretty tough guy, and he's not mm. just going to roll over uh, and accept this. I mean, I don't know if you saw right now they're 
are tweets out asking for tough lawyers to join his legal team at SpaceX. I don't know why it's SpaceX. Um, maybe that's kind of like more neutral politically or something. But I tell you what, I wouldn't want to go up against Elon mm. Musk. Uh, I think Joe Biden mm. looks like an idiot for having taken him on, as does Elizabeth Warren. None of those people can hold a candle to him in terms of his intellectual kind of uh, uh, ingenuity, yeah. if yeah. you will. He's a tough guy. Yeah. Well, but Steve, when I think of this, for the woke left, the only thing worse than supporting free speech is voting Republican. Yeah. Elon Musk yeah. is going to vote Republican. He said that. And then it was it was wonderful. And within, I don't know, 36 hours, suddenly this woman appears on a sexual harassment lawsuit. I mean, come on. Yeah. A leads well, to B. What a great world this is. Well, look, Larry, you and Liz don't get it. I mean, when you say you're voting and that's hate speech. It's a hate I crime. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, oh, God. So, look, I, I think Liz summarized that situation. While I just want to do a shout out to my new second favorite CEO or former CEO, Jeff Bezos, yes. for you know, saying, hey, raising taxes, raising spending when we have high inflation. What a stupid idea is that? And by the way, Bezos is a is a pretty liberal Democrat. He's been a Democrat his whole up. I think I think Elon Musk has been a Democrat most of his life as well. And I just find it fascinating that, um, you know, when, he, when the response by the White House of, of what uh, what um, Bezos said when he said, you know, it's crazy to raise taxes and have another, you know, trillion dollar spending bill when we got all this inflation. And what was the Biden White House response? Oh, he just doesn't want to pay his fair share in taxes. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, that's ridiculous. Elon doesn't want to pay his fair share in taxes. <laughs> Last year, he only paid 11 billion in taxes. <laughs> that's, you know, he's that's it. That's not enough. Come on. The woke right. crowd, you know, it's the, it's the I believe the single largest personal tax collection liability in the history of the IRS. But he doesn't pay but, his but fair you know, share. Cor yeah. but, Corporate but America point, thinks the they can is, appease these woke leftists. They yeah. never will. It is truly the mouse. If you give a mouse a cookie, right? <laughs> you kind of sign to the ESG stuff and you talk about all these sort of benefits for your workers that seemed heretical, uh, you know, three years ago or something. All these kinds of things, they're kind of given, they give in, and then they kind of come up to a brick wall, which is, guess what? This government, the Biden government and the leftists behind it, do not want you to prosper. And I think that's the sort of notion that finally hit Jeff Bezos in the face. They want higher taxes. They want you to unionize your workforce. All the things you've done at Amazon that have made it an incredible company. I don't like Jeff Bezos's politics, but, man, mm. he created an astounding company. He well, sure did. Now he is confronted with the ultimate payback. Uh, from having appeased and put in office, because let's face it, these guys put this guy in office. All of a sudden, he's like waking well, up to the the danger of that. Well, I just time. I just wonder, Steve. You know, from what Liz is saying and and so forth, uh, with Bezos kind of leading the charge, and he's going after the White House, you know, for high taxes and and dodging inflation and so forth. It may be that the woke CEOs are now going to be on the run that they're not you know we're not going to hear from them they're going they're just running away from Biden whose polls are in the low 30s and whose wokeness is so unpopular now as we may have seen the peak in woke Steve uh, Moore that's what I'm thinking 
Well, I hope so, but I'm not convinced of that. I mean, I, you know, I, I was I took a United Airlines flight yesterday. I had a big, uh, you know, message that you know before you take off uh, that we at United Airlines are going to be carbon neutral by the year. Oh, 2025. I know. I mean, oh, how, how does how does how does an airline have <laughs> an airplane with, right. with two mi- two two hundred miles? Like extension cords. I mean, it is so crazy. And then you've got Exxon, who basically, you know, doesn't even defend the product that it produces. So it's pretty bad out there in corporate America. I don't know if you saw, by the way, Larry, on the subject that your good friend Paul Krugman Mm. had probably an all-time new low for Paul Krugman, blaming the um, shootings in Buffalo on supply siders. Yeah, <laughs> because because you know we're we're spreading all this misinformation and all this hatred, and this is what's leading to the killing. I mean, it's a pretty it's a pretty acid environment out there right now. And the reason I brought up that kind of crazy response by the White House to Bezos saying, "Oh, you don't want to pay your fair share of taxes," they don't want to engage in a debate. I mean, let's no. have a debate about whether they. That's what so everything is just ad hominem attacks against people. You know, Liz, um, that's interesting. I don't know. You, you were on solo with me on set. I don't know if we talked about it, but this Krugman column was the sickest thing I've ever seen. He, yeah. he basically said from the Laffer curve to, <laughs> to January 6th to Buffalo. Yeah. And, and yeah. I had Arthur on. In fact, I had Arthur as the lead guest, you know, to deal with it. And, of course, Arthur is such a class act. He he went through it almost analytically, but that's a very sick, despicable thing that Krugman has done, even by his own standards. This is a new low. Now, my question is, is that an act of desperation? Because uh, he and that crowd know they're on the losing side. You know what? I, I was just going to jump in and say that's exactly what it is, Larry. Mm. I think... I think people like Paul Krugman, who have finally seen uh, their ship come in, you know, all of a sudden they're getting all these left-wing agenda items presented to the American people. You have states that are incorporating them, like New York and and California, and guess what? They don't work. And so they're on the defensive, and this is his response. It is the most bizarre connecting of dots. By the way, there was another really kind of amazing connecting of dots today, which you guys may have seen. The New York Times spent months, apparently, in the archives trying to find and found uh, literature about how Haiti's problems date back to the 1700s when they had to pay uh, taxes and, and reparations to France because they basically defaulted on debts and so forth. So all the problems in Haiti, which is a totally corrupt, crime-riddled nation, now we can put back hundreds of years ago on the French. I mean, these people search for scapegoats in, when things go wrong is so preposterous. But I think Paul Krugman's thing crossed a line. Yeah, I, I also sick. don't know really uh, how he can get away with that. Sick and despicable. Yeah, uh, and, it is. But Steve Moore, I know you have to leave to catch plane. I, I want to stretch this segment just a little bit. Um, in the hotline, you mentioned the $40 million uh, $40 billion appropriation for the Ukraine. And then you ask a question that, that I liked, and I've been asking this. So I happen to favor the assistance to Ukraine, and I want uh, Ukraine to win and Putin, Russia to lose. But there was no effort, no effort by, that I know of by any significant Republican except Rand Paul. But what about 
an inspector general to monitor this, and why not pay for it by spending cuts elsewhere? And this is part of the well, GOP you know, spending yeah. problem. So, you know, why didn't they want offsets, Steve Moore? That's, what, I guess, the big question. Well, that's a good, great question. And I, I think, you know, the Repu- things look so good for Republicans right now in November because people are totally, totally disgusted with what's happened to the economy and American energy and all these things. But the one thing that people always ask me is, well, will Republicans be any better? <laughs> they bring this, this massive debt and the, the spending down. And, and my answer to that is, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they will or not. But if people feel like there's really no difference between the Republicans and Democrats on these massive spending bills, then I think that, you know, that that Republicans could could uh, not see the great November that, that they want. So when they vote for bills like this and then we mentioned last week, well, look, why can't you find 40 billion dollars of savings? Mm-hmm. There's a report in The Washington Post that one hundred and sixty billion dollars was stolen from unemployment. Mm-hmm. So come on. Mm-hmm. The, the money is there. But then they have this absurd. Um, what do they call it? The uh, China bill. You know, which is just a big subsidy. We talked about this last week to the semiconductor industry. Three hundred billion. Adding up, it's a hundred billion dollars total in all these new bills they want to pass, and now they want another COVID bill. You see that one? They want another COVID spending bill. So Republicans, see, I, we had all these senators here in New York. Uh, John Katsimatidis uh, had his fundraising group, and there were six, seven, eight senators. Now, a bunch of them were conservatives, but they all got up and spoke, Steve. And not one of them, not one of them mentioned uh, spending restraint or balanced budgets. You know, stop the. They want to stop inflation. They want more freedom. But nobody talked about stopping the spending or, heaven forbid, a balanced budget. I'll give you the last word before you catch your plane. Yeah, okay, well, exactly right. And Republicans have to be the party of limited government. And uh, the fact that they won't pay for any of this, I think, is really problematic. And by the way, I'll just do a nod to Rand Paul. Yes. I mean, he stuck his neck out there and said, look, let's audit these programs. Let's make sure we find offsetting cuts. And I hope Mitch McConnell is listening because that should be the strategy from now until November and, right. and after. All right. You go catch your plane, right. Steve yeah, Moore. Thanks a million. Liz Peek, hang around, please. You and I are going to speak the truth right after this commercial break. I'm Cudlow, folks. Please stick around. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. I'm here with Liz Peek, Fox News contributor and syndicated columnist. Steve Moore's taken a plane to someplace. Uh, I guess he's taking a plane on a carbon. It's a carbon-free plane. Is that what United <laughs> said? We're going to be net-free carbon. Well, I thought planes use fuel. Anyway, Liz, um, the disinformation board seems to be going down. A crazy uh, Mary Poppins woman is going down. <laughs> so George Orwell and the truth board. But the, it's a serious question. As you follow this story, uh, they were shamed and ridiculed, and, and, the, and the woman with that crazy Mary Poppins thing really did a lot of damage. So that's great. The question is, Liz, do you think they'll try again? Do you think the oh. Bidens have given up on controlling free speech or what? No, I, I think it's everywhere uh, that this particular unit of DHS – uh, is is not actually going out of business. It's being sort of decommissioned. It's on hold, if you will, mm. because I think they they ran into such an incredible iceberg of 
ridicule and humiliating commentary that they just couldn't pursue it, and particularly they couldn't pursue it with this woman who had signed on to probably the greatest political scandal of misinformation ever, which was the whole Russiagate thing. And I do think, Larry, even though Americans are sort of tuned out of the nitty-gritty of uh, the, the Sussman trial, perhaps, and not following every nook and cranny of it, the truth is having Hillary Clinton's name in the headlines again as the perpetrator, as a direct link, according to her campaign manager, Robbie Mook, to all that scandalous behavior that undermined President Trump for four years. And it really did, and cost the American people so much time, anguish, and actual money in Mueller's investigation. I think that's all terrific. And I think the opportunity for the government to kind of sit on all the stories about that and so forth— going to want to do it. They're going to try and ramp back up. But I think having someone in charge of that bureau who was such a master of disinformation was just one one bite too big. I just don't think they could do it. You know, let's stay with that for one second, because, Liz, uh, Hillary fessed up or no, she didn't fess up. Mook, no. Mook fessed up in court. That's a very big deal. And this whole story is now exploding. Hillary signed on to it. And yeah. so she knew all about it. And uh, undoubtedly, you know, they're looking for computer experts. It was all BS. They knew it was BS. But you know whose name pops up in this list? Jake, Jake Sullivan. Jake Sullivan. Who is right? now is the that national- what you just said? Yes. Yeah, thank Jake you. Sullivan. I, a big- I agree. I've My been- husband has been stomping around the house for like two days about Jake Sullivan. Why, how can he be our national security advisor right. when he's in, in complicit in really this incredible dirty trick? And it goes beyond dirty tricks. It was involving lying to the public, of course, but also to law enforcement agencies. And I, I think Jake Sullivan is in his, up to his neck in it. I don't know how he stay in office, but I, Mary, other than your voice on radio now talking about it, I haven't heard much talk about it. You know, I've, I've tracked it a bit also on the TV show. I've just been watching it because the Durham stuff had come out earlier and Sullivan's name was engaged. But this is the most prominent example, and you you probably saw the Wall Street Journal editorial this morning where they mentioned Sullivan prominently. And look, I think uh, saintly husband Jeff Peake is right. <laughs> how, can, how can this guy who is in the middle – how can he negotiate with Russia, which he is doing? He is part of the group that is talking – about whether it's peacekeeping or whatever. How can he do that knowing that he was engaged in this entire Russian hoax, which, as you pointed out correctly, not only not only the, the money involved over the years, but disrupting the Trump presidency. How can yeah. they not go and, and ask this guy to resign? I, you would think that there would be enough shaming of Sullivan and just that he'd be so tainted uh, that they would not want him in his prominent position as national security advisor, I can't understand it, except, let's face it, the person who uh, also was involved, Barack Obama, you know, he apparently had a meeting where he also kind of signed off on this whole adventure, and we really have never heard very much about that. The one good thing I think that comes out of this, and maybe this is fanciful, but Hillary Clinton's name continues to come up mm. as sort of a Hail Mary for Democrats if they can't figure out anyone else to run in 2024. Obviously, she's trying to put her name out there. And it was very interesting to me that it took the uh, 
locking up of Giselle Max Maxwell's uh, legal background and all the testimony and so forth. They literally put that under lock and key. And literally the next week, Hillary Clinton was out doing sort of campaign styling style events. This is going to be another thing that puts her back under wraps. I don't think that she, I, I mean, I cannot imagine, I, I couldn't imagine anyway, frankly, but I cannot imagine that she still has credibility having been personally now tied to this. That oh, is just too much. Liz, this is one of the rare moments when I have a disagreement with you. Why? I so much want her to run. Oh. <laughs> I think it would be wonderful. Yeah. I mean, the, the cavalry is coming. I just, yes, get her out there. Hillary for president and uh, Andrew Cuomo for governor of New York. Yeah. Or I, VP, you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I really, I just think that would be a, a, a fabulous thing. Um, we got less than two minutes left, Liz Peak. Um, you used to be Cracker Jack Wall Street uh, broker, researcher, and so forth. The Biden bear market. What do you think? The Biden bear market, the progressivism, big government, socialism, bear market. How long is this thing going to last? Well, I, I think you just have an incredible uh, cataclysmic coming together of events. Obviously, the, all the really all eyes are trained on the Fed and whether they can manage this uh, slow down in the economy so mm. as to get a ring out inflation without thrusting us into an, a recession. And I, I'm very worried about it. I don't think there's a recession this quarter or next quarter. But I think after that, the compilation of incredibly bad consumer sentiment numbers, consumers mm. are really freaked out because a lot of people have never seen high inflation before. They don't know how it's going to impact their day to day mm. or their potential retirement. Uh, I think the Fed's likely uh, ability to calm inflation, get it out of the system without procuring a, re a recession, uh, uh, next to none. They mm. almost never do that. Mm. Uh, hopefully it'll be mild because the consumer still is in financially reasonable shape. But boy, I, I, and I have to say, it's not all Joe Biden's fault, but a lot of it is his fault. Mm. I think we just had one policy blunder after another. All right. Great stuff, Liz. Thanks a million. Liz Peake, folks. Great to be with you. Yes, of course. Great to have you. The best of the best. 